got me in the pink, I'm an artist See I hustle on the flow, call me Rick Ross See the truth, get it, jumping like a tip-off I play hard till I hit a rep, blow the whistle I'm a player, but my game be so official it's that time of the year. High school basketball is in full action, and it's time for the Hoop Troop to be back on the Shooter's Touch. We're so excited to get things going. We're excited to talk high school hoops. We're excited to have the Troopers back in the house with us. We have Mr. Get Off My Lawn, Where Why Aren't There More Hook Shots, T-Bills, Tom Betts with us. Tom, how's, how's it going? It's going great. I miss you guys, and uh, I'm just ready to be grumpy. Love it. That's why, that's why we got you here. Uh, we also have uh, down in Norwalk, Uncle Larson, who will for sure have some good stories for us and story time with Uncle Larson. Chris Larson, welcome to the pod. How are things going down your way? Hey, it's a great time of year. High school basketball getting started up. Let's go. Excited for another year and see what happens down there. Uh, a little bit further south down in Pella, we have... The ref, no, Mr. No Diving, and let's shorten the shot clock to 15 seconds, Doug Deers. Doug, <laughs> how's things down in Peladice, as you like to call it? Peladice is beautiful this time of the year. Uh, basketball season started. Love it. Ready to go. Excited to hear about uh, some new rule changes and the rule changes in place and what you think of them. So can't wait to dive into some of that with you. The expert Tony Rowe is not on with us tonight. He's made it sound like he's got some classes that he's got to finish up or something. And so we'll uh, we'll catch up with Tony here a little bit further down the road and see what he's seen and like. Can't wait to to hear his insight and what he's got going. Um, and then, of course, my guy Adam with me as always. Adam, how are things up uh, furthest north, I believe, in in the crew here up in North Polk? How are, how are things up your way? It's cold up here, guys. It's real cold, but uh, that just means it's basketball season. Um, and that when basketball season never ends, you know it's the official basketball season. So excited to be back! Excited to be back with the hoop troop and talk some talk some basketball. Good deal. I tell you what, although you say it's cold, it, I mean mid forties. It looks like this week uh, in December. We'll take that. I mean, we'll take can, that. We we'll take that for another couple mm-hmm. months. Honestly, <laughs> I don't. I don't need the snow to be officially basketball season. It can we can get that round ball going whenever. So, all right, guys. With that, uh, we got to get into some action. We've uh, had a few games already. Chris is already calling for the easy. Don't overreact. Still early. Still trying to figure this out. Tom was asking before we got on how deep is too deep. So we'll get into that as well. We got a lot of things we need to cover. Was talking with the guys before we jumped on. Actually, on Tuesday the fifth. There are 336 events scheduled uh, in Boys State basketball on Tuesday and 323 girls. So it is going to be a busy Tuesday, busy week. Try to get these games in here before the holiday break. As I mentioned, trying to figure out what's going on, get used to the rules, get used to the new world that is transfers and new kids on the team and what that looks like. Coaching changes as well. We'll touch on a little bit of that as we sneak through but with that guys let's jump right into 4a take a look here real quick one of the things that i have highlighted in 4a um actually Waukee just uh lost this just uh yesterday to linmar a really good linmar team i think i think linmar's back I'm, i guess i'm gonna lean on you chris a little bit you know anything about over there this would be tony's normal eastern side of the state but uh linmar with a good win over Waukee is 
is Linmar someone to pay attention to again? Yeah, I think uh, over there, there's a couple good teams. Um, I think uh, Linmar, I think Kennedy, and I think North Scott are our teams from that area. I'd love to hear what Tony says. This is just the early output. Uh, talked to Coach McLaughlin over at uh, North Scott a little bit, and I know he has an awfully talented team. And uh, those are uh, – and congratulations to him, to his son, North Scott's head coach, Dave McLaughlin. His son is the quarterback for Wartburg. And so um, just he's he's living his best life right now, getting ready, geared up with a really good team. But I think those three teams are named are, are teams that I've I've heard a little bit about over the offseason. Um, obviously, we don't know that area quite as well, but um, I, I do know that. Yeah, like you said, I'll be interested to hear what Tony's insight are as well. And with those Iowa City schools, who to watch for out of there. But uh, I, I would agree with you. I think those three are the three to kind of pay attention to and see kind of what happens. And then looking here, you know, Waukee is another one. Obviously, Valley is one that, uh, you know, they, they came back. They were down. Um, they were down a bit, kind of, weren't they? Chris? At Dowling. And down. then found a way to battle back and get a win. And so, Obviously, those guys in a little bit different seat this year, having won it, what mm-hmm. many would say, probably a year early. Um, and so now, and then coming off with the Robinson injury as well, uh, pre-football season, and what, what that is all going to kind of look like. It'll be interesting to keep an eye on Valley and what they're able to do, which also, I meant Valley Dowling, how do you have that the first game of the year, Chris? I mean, what, what are we <laughs> hey, doing? I mean, this is, this is like – rivalry big one of the biggest matchups and you got to play him first hey that's what it's I, what a way to get excited i will tell you um i think it's valley and everybody else this year like and i mean that with all due respect to a lot of other teams and somebody will probably sneak up and get them but um just from a sheer talent standpoint and um i just hear such good things about this crew um obviously i the, I go way far back with most of their coaching staff and they, they keep telling me people don't understand, like they're a really talented team, but they are really grounded and they play really good team basketball. That's why I'm sure he loved getting down early, you know, right away to start the year and, and uh, show that they can come back and they're going to have a huge bullseye, but it's going to be really fun to watch their journey this year. Cause obviously everyone's going to be gunning for them, but they're a really, really good team. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they handle that because last year they were kind of going after everybody, and now this mm-hmm. year they have the target, and we'll see how see how that impacts them and what they're able to do and how they're able to handle it. It'll definitely be something that'll be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I think a couple other schools just in our area um, for four A. I think Johnston's going to be awfully fun to watch. Uh, Courtney Henderson, another really good coach coming from Hoover, and I'm just excited to see. Um, you know uh, how how he how what what he his vision for that program is. Uh, he is one of those coaches that can really uh, get you into playing his game, and he's he's really thorough. And they're going to play really hard on defense. Uh, so those are just a couple people that I, I would keep an eye on. Um, and really in that league, almost everybody. I think Southeast Polk might might be a little bit of an upstart team too this year. Yeah, I think so too. I think it'll be interesting to see what Southeast Polk's able to do in there and. Yeah, like you said, both Waukee, Waukee Northwest is will be obviously down from maybe the last couple of years as you know it. But um, 
it'll be interesting to see what CIML looks like. Like you said, outside of Valley feels like maybe a little more parity as you go two, three, four, five, and down the list a little bit. So should be a lot of fun. Sioux City East, also a team in 4A, but uh, Tom, I'm going to transition out your way now. Uh, yeah. East, East run into a little bit of a buzzsaw over there with the Crusaders. Yeah, they did. It was a Friday night. It was a doubleheader of uh, not only uh, boys and girls. Uh, it was four really high, highly, I think, uh, respected teams going into the season. And uh, the East boys, uh, last year, you know, they were a senior team. This year, they're sophomores and juniors. So they're young. They are very athletic. Uh, you know, right now, Raz, I think I told you he was playing. Uh, he played 10 guys in the first half. I think he's he's looking at 11 guys and trying to figure out his rotations. Um, they are very athletic. They they get can get to the hole. And one thing they have this year, and I, I can't remember his name. I'm sorry. But they, they've got a, a junior, 6'7 post kid, really strong. Something they've been missing the last few years. So I think if they can uh, if they can shoot the basketball, that's it's going to be my question mark for them. If they can consistently shoot the basketball, they're going to have a chance to to maybe get back to Des Moines this year. Uh, while we're on it, what about Council Bluffs Jefferson? You know anything about them? Is that a team that uh, well might be? Abe Lincoln reloaded. I do know that they've 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 got a uh, a few kids in. Uh, TJ down in Council Bluffs is playing better this year. I know they played Glenwood to a pretty close game the other night, so I think they're much improved as well. Yeah, that'll be interesting to kind of keep an eye on. You'll definitely have to keep a pulse on that for us as we keep uh, try to see what those schools are able to do. So with that, let's but let's move to three of them. You talked about the Crusaders getting the win. What what do we got going here uh, up your way, Sioux City? Well, you know, I would say this with the Missouri River Conference. You know, we've got a lot of three A teams in there. Uh, a lot of them are re in rebuild mode this year. Adam Vanderskaff uh, down at Sergeant Bluff. You know, he's done. A, he does a great job, and. Uh, when I look at his team, I said, well, he's young, but get, by the end of the season, he'll have those guys dangerous. That'll be a team you won't want to see in the playoffs. I always is, and I don't think that'll be any different this year. Uh, Helan, you know, they made a great state tournament run last year. They've got three starters back, uh, really four with Bo Chamberlain. And uh, the question mark is, it was that fifth starter for me. And so I'm going to talk about him a little bit later in the show. But uh, Helan, Helan's uh They've got they've got a chance to make a nice run this year with Matt Nolk. Uh, again, he's one of the three A's top players at six eight. He's a tough matchup. So, uh, yeah, the Crusaders got a chance up north. Lamar's MOC MOC's got a lot of kids back. We've got to see if uh, you know give Lauren grief all year long to, because uh, he's got he's got the the kids to to get to the point. We'll see if they they can do that. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be interesting to see what. You know, and Doug, I'm going to bring you in right now. And this this might be as good as time as any for the Doug's 3A pick of the week if you're ready for it. But uh, what do you what are you seeing in 3A? Tell tell me what uh, a little bit of your breakdown is. Help me help me understand this a little more. I think we should pretty much just print the T-shirts right now. Healing versus everyone. Mm. I think that's going to be. I think that's pretty much the mentality hey, here. Hey, can I can I go off? Can I can I piggyback on that real quick? Yeah, let's go. So I'm going to tell you guys a quick story. In in 07, uh, I believe it was, we beat Harland in their long, long winning streak in the semifinals. Maybe you remember the Brennan Kugel tip-in. Mm, uh, yep. and, and we went and played Waverly Shell Rock on St. Patrick's Day in the finals. And one of our parents thought it was such a lock that we were going to win that I didn't know this happened. They went out and bought T-shirts that day that said, 
State St. Patrick's Day State champs. <laughs> and then they had then they went then they took them back after we lost and they put state champs runner up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. You know, that's where parents just gotta li- just stay out of it. Sorry. <laughs> God, that is what, awesome. what was the point guard's name at Waverly Shell Rock? The little redheaded kid. Yeah. Carlton's the big kid. Holman? Uh, it wasn't that year, it, though, was it? It wasn't that year. No, that was okay. the, No, that was 09. That was 09 when he when he took his shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so who was it? Who did Waverly have that year that year then? Uh, Clayton. It Betty. was the big kid. That was Betty. Betty yeah, yeah, Betty. Betty. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I was trying to remember who it was. So yeah. that dude could go too. That's funny. That's yes. good. So uh, no, no, don't print the t-shirts. Print we're, we're, I'm, I'm gonna get those drawn up. I'm, I'm printing them. You should you should have a then you should have it say on the back like St. Patrick's Day state champ or something. <laughs> it's the St. Patrick's Day massacre is what it was. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, so that's so are you you're gonna really you're gonna really drive Tom Wild, but is that what you're doing? Are you going three A pick of the week this week to cut down the nets? Well three A besides healing, I don't I mean I'm looking at the list and I don't know. I mean uh Ooh. Carroll has a strong team. Actually, they had a rivalry game their first game. They played Kemper, um, and they actually beat them on a buzzer beater. Winter set will be solid. Boy, um, MLC, I guess. I don't I don't know much about them. They That's have everybody it. come back, Tommy, you said. Yep. Assumption is going to be good. Assumption. Um, I think the Cora should be pretty good, too. They had the kid get hurt that didn't play at all last year. Um, and the year prior, won what they went almost 30 games the year before, and so decor will be interesting. ADM, I think that's another one that'll ADM. be yeah, our area. I don't think forget, don't forget about Bondurant. They were undefeated last year. I know they lose a couple guys, but uh, they had a really good first. They obviously <laughs> lost their first game this year to Winterset. I get to watch Winterset. Uh, I'm calling the game tomorrow, and uh, looking forward to watching them. I, I, I've I saw them play a little bit this summer, and I've heard really good things f- from them. So I think in the area, uh, Adam North Polk maybe uh, going to be a, another tough year for them. They're going to be pretty decent. Yeah, you know they got they got they got Reg- Reggie Postel back, who was injured a little bit in football season, but now I, I guess he's very very close to 100. Um, percent They also had a kid, and I'm I'm um, I'm blanking on his name, and my apologies, but he made eight threes game one. So. Move I mean, the line back. You talk about shoot or shoot. That's that's what I love to hear. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I think they'll. I think if at the very least they'll be they'll be a sleeper in that conference. But uh, you know, obviously a tough conference and tough you know tough schedule sledding all the way through there. But uh, yeah, I think they got a good squad back. Monrant lost a false graph kid too, Chris. Right. Yeah. That'll, that'll hurt him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Xavier, I, what I think they're going to be decent though. What's that? Know, Xavier. Yeah, Tony said they didn't. He didn't know how they would be, but I mean, Xavier's Xavier. They lost he, their guy last year, didn't they? He went went to Kennedy. The Bean yeah, kid, uh, yeah. Joe. Uh, yeah, Joe Bean. Yeah. Joe Bean. Uh, so, Clear Lake will be good too. Clear Lake. Stick with healing. Healing versus everyone. Healing versus everyone. No, I was just saying, Clear Lake will be good. They have the big kid uh, in there as well. Big football prospect, actually tight end. But uh, they should be pretty good. 
as well up that way. Algona actually should be pretty good too. It would be yeah, Algona should be good. Yeah, it should be interesting to see. They took a took a tough one on the chin in their first matchup. God, who did they play? They played over at Esterville, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have, I think it was like ninety to eighty something. They're gonna have to start playing some defense if if that's gonna be the case. But uh, yeah, it should be fun. I, th- I mean, Doug, you're starting to print them, but I think three A should be super interesting. Um, it's got to be more interesting than last year, doesn't it? Just Bonnerant every week. I think last last year there was so many teams in 3A that you couldn't pick anybody, and I think it's I think there's maybe six or seven this year that you could really talk about. It'll be fun. It'll be uh be good to break this down and see what happens, but don't overreact yet, right, Chris? What's the deal? What's the what's the message that you're sending here to all these coaches early, all these fans, all these parents? You're two games in, you're one and one, you're oh and two. What's what's the sentiment? What are you telling them? It doesn't matter. It's all before Christmas break. Everything is just like a glorified scrimmage. So you can figure out, you know, I know we're going to talk about this later, but I think even before Christmas, you try and give more kids chances. You try and play a few more kids to to give them a chance. Because some kids, it's different to play in the summer than it is when you're out in front of the crowd. I just think uh, in the, the famous words of Aaron Rodgers, just telling people to relax this time of year is, Probably the most important thing you can do for your team. And you're right, though. Like, if you're a parent, like, don't don't go crazy. Let the team establish themselves. If you're a, if you're a coach, I, same thing. I, I know that I bet Tom would say, say the same thing. And I always felt it got easier the older I got and the more experienced I got as a coach. But um, sometimes the biggest mistake you can make, I think, as a young coach is panicking too early and not letting kids kind of play through if a kid doesn't get off to a great start shooting, you know, early in the year, just talk him through it. But, you you know, you watch him in practice. I just think it's so big. Uh, we've gotten in this world of just with rankings and everything that we're we're just so quick to to jump on things. And I especially when you're talking about high school kids, a lot of our athletes are just getting out of football season. They're not in great basketball shape yet. So just let them go out and play. Have some fun with it. But don't be worried if you drop out of the rankings. Really, the rankings don't matter till January. All right, I'm done. We'll get to we're gonna get to the rankings committee too. As we talked about off air, things went so well last year that there was only one change, and so we'll get to those as as that time gets closer. Because obviously, we have a little bit of inside track with two of our three of our very own mm-hmm. on that committee, and so that's a lot of fun. But. Uh, you talked about athletes and transitioning and playing multiple sports. It's uh, none more true than in 2A. So let's take a look real quick at go down this 2A list here. Doug, Eddie, Bills, Blakeburg, Fremont. What are you thinking? What's the deal there? Uh, Eddieville will be strong. Um, they kind of took it on the chin. Pella Christian uh, took it to them. They beat them, I think, by 26 uh, first game of the year. Um, but they'll they'll be all right down here once they kind of get uh, get going. Like Chris said, don't overreact. But Pella Christian in two A, they will probably be one. I would guess one or two all year. They have everybody back but one kid. Um, that kid was pretty good. He went end up going to Central play, but um, they're going to be tough. They're just they got heights now. Um, they got homeschool kids about six, seven, six, eight block shots. So they got somebody in the inside. Um, they got their guards back. So I. Hello, Christian will be out there all year. Obviously, 
two ways loaded with uh, all the Western Christian and Kemper and um, I think Grandview's in there now. Monticello. I mean, so it's oh. it's it's loaded. Tra- Trainer's going to be a very good two way team as well. So I saw them in week one and and outside of lacking a really big post, they've got a lot of guards and they they can do a lot of different things and and uh, experienced coach and they've been to the state tournament a lot. So you got, you, got, you got Roland Story in there, Esterville's in there. I mean, two A's got they got teams everywhere. AP should be pretty good again. I was too. gonna say athlete, they still got got a lot of their dudes. Yep, they should be pretty good, I would think too. I think Grundy said I agree. Two A is two A is gonna be good. Mm-hmm. Tom, up your way. Some what good things about Des, Mo- Des Moines Christian in this area for two A too. Doug, yeah. I don't know how much you saw them. They're off out a couple starters right now, um, but I think once they get everybody back, they're going to be pretty good too. Sorry, Tom. No, you know up here, obviously Western Christian, but Central Lion, that uh, they didn't lose everybody. You know, they still have uh, they've got players up there. They just had a football run to the state finals again, and so I would not uh, count them out by any means. Side note, real quick, Tom, can you talk Western Christian? What with their schedule? I feel like there was something weird. Is there something weird or different well, with their schedule? Well, they got out of a conference. That's what it was. So now they they are they're playing a little bit of everybody, huh. and and hunting for games. Uh, so I know they played uh, maybe a team that was in Minnesota. They played this week in a Christian school. Okay. And so uh, yeah, they're uh, they're they're uh, we play Helan plays them twice. Uh, they're before, once before Christmas, and uh, so yeah, it's yeah they're playing everybody. Look looking for games. Yeah, he, so we'll throw that out to anybody listening. If uh, <laughs> Because when Coach coach reached out to us, Adam and I, over the summer, and he's like, he had, I don't know, six, seven open dates. He's like, what do you guys know on any of these dates? <laughs> I, he, they were definitely definitely fishing for some games. But, uh, yeah, so 2A, 2A should be pretty pretty interesting. I Going through this list real quick, too, I'd like to, again, wish Tony was on to help us with some of these eastern side of the state uh teams but uh it'll be that'll be a fun one to follow keep an eye on uh always is but uh that one should be should be a ton of fun then last one moving to 1a what do we what do we see in 1a doug you have anything that jumps out to you to start with in 1a that you're kind of excited about uh kind of teams around here that i know about matter will be tough they've got almost all their guys back their three top leading scores are back and they're they're good, good, well coached. Um, Limbo Sully will be good around here. They got a lot of guys back. Um, my Baxter Bolts, Tommy Baxter Bolts. There's a Baxter Bolts, baby. They're two and all. Um, so yeah, those. Uh, I mean, those are a couple that I know around here. Obviously, I think uh, who's, who's who's probably the favorite there. North, Northland. Northland scored 120 points in a game already this year. I think so. <laughs> so and, I think it's probably uh, Northland versus everyone. Shout out to to Coach Hilmer too. I believe that was his 500th career win, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think I read 45th or 41st person to get to that level. So, wow, quite yep. an accomplishment. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty wild. What add another 28, 30 to that? Here, <laughs> <laughs> You're just giving him 30 <laughs> as I go through. But yeah, that should be it should be interesting. Anybody else in one A that we didn't mention that you guys have kind of seen or? Catch your eye on. I think up north it's pretty much uh, the usual suspects: Remsen, St. Mary's, uh, George Little Rock, and then uh, the rest of the crew. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's all you're just kind of looking and trying to remember who or what they have coming back. Yeah. Uh, 
it's hard hard to know. I mean, if you're gonna have the the new old Fondas and the Gladbook Rhinebacks of the world in there too, yep. we'll uh, Ryan. That you would know more on this, but isn't uh, I thought uh, most of those Madrid kids are back. They are, yep. Madrid would be really good. They should have quite a team too, I think, for yep. for a local team. Yep, they'll definitely be they'll definitely be really good and interesting to see kind of how um, they progress and yeah, what that what that looks like. But a lot of good talent there, so Madrid will be fun to watch. Well, good. All right, so moving through, I I do want to let's. Let's flip, flip over to the girls' side real quick. Not really anything super pointed, but Larson, what uh, I think I have a pretty good idea what you want to talk about here on this, but what is maybe a, a, a girls' highlight that you've seen here yeah. early in the year? Well, a proud dad, you know, uh, part of the this team that for Norwalk that's uh, off to a 5-0 and start after going 6-15 and or six and 15 last year. Um and uh, my daughter was actually the only upperclassman on the team last year. And uh, so she's the only senior this year. But they're led by just a phenomenal group of uh, juniors um, and, and some other underclassmen. But 5-0, uh, and oh, they beat Ballard this week. Bailey Birmingham, um, Doug can talk to you a little bit about her. She, uh, she is leading the state, I believe, in scoring. I think it's just over 30 points. And she's averaging like something crazy, like 18 free throws a game. Um, so coach Seagrass is coming. They play fast. Uh, it, it has been really fun to, fun to watch. And it was a couple really good games. Bondurant and Ballard both have good teams as does Pellis. So it's been fun, fun to, to, to see that. And, um, I don't know. I, I will tell you guys just on a side note, it's fun to see girls having fun playing basketball. It's something that really concerns me, uh, in our state because, I feel like there's just too many of the haves and have-nots in girls' basketball. You're either really good and you play a lot, or you just don't go out. And um, I, for one, just really enjoy even Even like I know Doug and I were talking on Friday, Pella has a lot of those girls out where maybe basketball is not their number one sport, but they, they play really hard. Coach Forsythe does a great job coaching them. Um, so I just love seeing that. Basketball is a hard sport, and um, I appreciate when girls are – willing to get out there and uh, looking a little awkward sometimes and have to play through that. But uh, yeah, that's, that's my, my two cents. It's been a really fun start to, to our season. And um, I know there's some really good teams in the area. Yeah, there obviously are. And that's Norwalk's been great. We've, I know in our group texts and obviously we've talked highly of coach Sigris, you know, for a while now. And so it's fun to see those girls go out and, and really, what feels like almost instant success, even though right. they've had a good summer. I know don't he's get done too it. high or too low. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they got it. You, you can't uh, you can't get too high on it yet. But uh, right. you can tell that the work that they put in in the off season has definitely helped. And like you said, I haven't get a chance to see him play yet. But if they're having fun, that always kind of leads to to some better play. Mm-hmm. And so. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. Fun to watch and see how that continues to move for them. Doug, what about down your way? What have you seen on the girls' side that uh, you've, you've kind of liked or enjoyed? Uh, I went up to the Pella North Pole game, and North Polk is good. They've been there really for right? like 10 years. But, man, they really put it on Pella. It was it was a 35-point running clock, and I thought Pella was going to have a – well, they do have a, a good team this year, but, man, they just – they get up and down, and I'll bet they had – Three quarters of North Polk's points were layups. I mean, just run outs, get a steal, run out, layup, layup, layup. And it was it was impressive. Um, and Pella's actually 
guard oriented and they're they're quick, but man, they 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 put it to them. So and I heard and DCG actually beat North Polk. So right. um, those are two really good good girls teams. But um, Pella will be fine. They're 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 scrappy. They like to press. I told uh, I think I told Chris at halftime of the game on Friday, and I told Coach Forsythe that was probably Friday was probably one of the most entertaining girl games I'd been to. Um, came from high down to the end and up to two point game, um, but both teams played hard, got after it. So um, it, it should be a good a good year for the Dutch. Okay, that'll be that'll be you fun. Know, Brian, having coached on the girls' side, you know one thing I've really noticed. He brought that up about North Polk. I really love um, coaches that are letting girls go and, and get up and down the floor. I think it really helps the play. If you try and slow it down in a girls game, scoring five on five is hard for anyone. Like it doesn't matter, boys, girls, anybody. But um, really when you let the girls use their speed and athleticism and it, it creates some easier scoring opportunities, I just think it is a really, really great formula for success. Uh, not not that it's not for all basketball, but I think in particular for high school girls basketball. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you 100%. When I my days that matter, we did a secondary break in which that I bet if I went back and looked at it, probably led to 85% of our points because it was mm-hmm. like if, if it's not there in the first two passes, you know, it's like right. three three passes maybe, but now all of a sudden if we're having to come back out and run through a set, you know, it's uh-huh. like the the best was either, you know, pass pass layup or pass pass tipped out of bounds and then we can run a out of bounds play that was like our, <laughs> <laughs> that was like a, the best the uh, two ways and wish that we were going to have an opportunity to score it was either out of the secondary break or out of an out of bounds play so doug something to add with that yeah i was just gonna say no we haven't talked a lot about the shot clock and um that was a big point last year but I noticed in that game Friday night, there was about three minutes left, just under three, and it was a four-point game. And I was sitting next to somebody, and I said, if this game was taking place two years ago, it would be stall game. But it was great because they, they didn't tell it didn't foul, and they kind of just played it out, and Norwalk had to shoot. Um, so I think that was, you know, the shot clock definitely was in, was in play there. And uh, so it was just a, just a point that the shot clock is definitely working. Oh, yeah. The shot clock's been been a nice, a welcomed addition to the game on on both sides, that's for sure. Tom, what about uh, up in your corner? What do you see on the girls' side uh, early on that uh, has kind of excited you? Well, uh, I told you Friday we had East Heatland doubleheader. Uh, East is rated in 5A. They've got they were all freshmen last year, and uh, they're really good. They're they were missing their their top uh, returner, Trishel Miller. She's out till Christmas, and she's a six six foot point guard can do it all type kid uh helen state tournament team they've got three starters back uh brooklyn stanley who's been a four-year starter and uh abby lee maddie demke but they've got a girl melina snoozy a freshman Uh, she's got three d1 offers already and uh, i tell you what that game last friday was i mean it was back and forth never seen a girls game played so aggressively defensively where they just couldn't find open looks. Nobody could find an open shot. And it just, it goes to just the, you know, it was just a, such a high level game. And uh, so th- both those teams are going to have great years. That's fun. That's uh, definitely be, be good to keep an eye on and see what happens, especially freshmen. That's, that's exciting. There's been some, and that's another thing too. I mean, we've kind of been trending this way, but 
these freshman girls that are coming in, like they, these aren't freshmen anymore. They played because these girls are getting the full run. They've been playing club basketball since they're in second grade, third grade. And now you're starting to see it. I, you know, Johnston played at uh, Waukee Northwest this week. And, um, Obviously, Johnson's on a completely different planet as everybody else, but the couple of freshmen from Northwest were able to just kind of do some things as freshmen and weren't scared of the moment, weren't scared of the girls on the other side. And, you know, it's because they've been playing against that caliber of girls all summer. And so you don't have as much of the deer in the headlights, it seems like, as maybe we had five, 10 years ago because, you know, these girls are playing so much basketball and starting at such a young age. And so it'll be fun. I think. You know, at the at the five A level, obviously there's Johnson and there's kind of everybody else, but I think Valley will be good, which is interesting because those two match up this week um, as well. Waukee, and then or sorry, Johnson plays Dowling this week. Dowling will be a fun one. I'll, I'll be really anxious to see when Johnson goes to Dowling. That's always always an interesting game. Things kind of start getting flipped upside down, and so on the girls' side in five A, that'll be a good one to, to kind of keep an eye on, and then. Uh, not knowing a whole lot, Waterloo West, good on the girls' side always. So we'll be anxious to see what they have um, coming from over there. Sioux City West, did you mention? Do you know anything about Sioux City West, Tom? On that um, way, <clears throat> that's I I I know they've got some kids back. I don't think they're you know improved that much, but Betsy does a great job. She Betsy, um, and, and so they'll be good. And also up here, Lamar's uh, Lamar's girls are going to have a, a nice season this year, too. They got a lot of kids back from a pretty quality team last year. Yeah, that's good. That'll be fun. And then, it's, Adam, have you had a chance to watch those Norfolk go- girls go yet? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, I believe it was the Pella game, actually, Doug, too. So I so I saw that one. And, and you're right. I mean, they just – they just uh, – um, they were the better team. Um, and, and they're fun to watch with their running gun style. Um, obviously, um, Tuttle girls going to you and I, uh, she is just such a good floor general out there. Um, and they, they got the, gosh, I'm just blanking everybody's name tonight, but they got the tall one down low, um, who I believe had a triple double. Was it that game? One game this year already. She had a triple double, um, with blocks actually. So 10 blocks, but, um, uh, yeah, they got a good squad and, uh, obviously DCG does too. So anytime those guys, anytime those ladies match up, it's a, it's a fun one, but it'll, it'll be fun to watch the comments on the women's side this year. I didn't even mention uh, DCG will be they'll right back reload. They got a couple, they got a, a move in or two as well. And so they'll be right there and ready to go. So that'll be a good one to keep an eye on. One of the big changes this year on both sides, so kind of flipping back and forth, is the new free throw rules. Early reactions to the removal of the one-on-one bonus. Larson, let's start with you. What's your early reaction to the new free throws? I love it. Um, I I think it's a real step in the right direction. Um, I think it's really refreshing Like when you start the second quarter. Um, it does give the referees a chance to settle into the game a little bit too. That's one of the things I always thought was the hardest about the bonus. You know, they can come out and not, you know, it, that that's part of the game for them too, is to get a feel. I, I think that this really allows that to hit the reset button, not just in the second quarter. So obviously that, that helps you at the beginning of the game and kids and coaches hopefully will adjust and be like, all right, this is how they're calling it. So now we can get used to it. But also, it's so refreshing at the start of the fourth quarter because you play that first four minutes or so of the fourth quarter without just going to the foul line. Think of how many times the fourth quarter somebody gets in the bonus with seven, you know, 
six, seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, and they just that's their offense for the fourth quarter. So I just think it's uh, a really a great step in the right direction to making it a better game. Yeah, that's a really good point you bring up because sometimes if you're clawing back or you got to be more aggressive in the third and then you cut into a lead and, you know, you're right there, but then part of that downfall is that you put them in the bonus and it changes things going into the fourth. So that's a good point that you bring up. Uh, I saw you shaking your head, Tom. What are your thoughts and feelings on how where things are at with it? I really like it. Uh, I think it's going to gonna have to teach kids to play without fouling, especially – you know, uh, once you get into that double bonus, I mean, I saw it happen Friday night and uh, East High was lucky that Heelan couldn't make any free throws. They had too many football guys up shooting free throws. But, uh, you know, that can really, if, if you get in that early uh, double bonus with six minutes left in a quarter, and uh, I mean, if you have some kids that can make free throws, that that's uh, really could have, that can affect the game in a quick hurry. And I, you know, I, never, I, I never really thought about what Chris was saying, but he's exactly right in that fourth quarter is it really lets you play a lot cleaner early fourth quarter, I think. Yeah, that was really good. And might might make you spend a little extra time at the line now, too, for these kids. You get to step up there and knock two down instead of clang one off and go the other way. So uh, we'll see. Doug, your thoughts on feelings on this? Is this we're going against the grain here a little bit, or what's uh, what, are, what are your feelings on this? I'm still trying to figure it out if it's a good rule or not. Because the game the other night on Friday, the girls' game, took an hour and 45 minutes. And there's no high school game that should take an hour and 45 minutes. And one of the problems was Pella is super aggressive. So they did – I think they were in – Norwalk was in the bonus at least the four-minute mark of every quarter. So the game – the game just drug on with two shots, two shots, two shots. And the crew was calling a lot of fouls. They're calling a lot of tic-tac fouls, but it was it was just drug on and on and on and on. And I think uh, your stud, Chris, what'd she take? 18 free throws, 19 free? I mean, it was ridiculous. Uh, I think actually even more than that. I think it was in the 20s. Yeah, and, and it just – the North Polk game was kind of the same. Um, and it was like, man, what, what are we doing here? Is this the right solution for these games? Now, I do like it from – the referee standpoint, I, I, I do like that it does reset. And because as, as an official, if you get to that, that six and one or eight and one or eight and two mark, you're naturally, because you know the coach is going to say something to you. The fans are already screaming, there's no way, eight fouls, how, what? And as an official, you naturally are going to, you're going to even it up. You, you'll find a tic-tac foul. And all of a sudden it's eight three. Now it's eight four, and now now it's normal. Um, and it shouldn't be like that. But coaches put that pressure on you. I'll blame it on the coaches. Coaches put that pressure on you to to find a foul to even it up. Or as an official, you don't want to hear that. So from that standpoint, it it has helped because it's just you know you can only go up to five, and then at the quarter, boom, let's start all over. It's- I just looked it up. Bailey uh, Bailey Birmingham has shot. 73 free throws in five games. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a few. But, Doug, I disagree that that's the rule's fault. It would have been longer. The game would have been longer if there was the old bonus rules. Because there were four fouls no, in the middle of the – You're shooting one-on-ones. You're going to shoot a yeah, one-on-one. Only for three games. times. Only three times. Then you would have spent the entire rest of the half shooting t- two anyway. Yeah. 
I hear what you're saying on your other theory, but like I don't think that the new rule impacted that the time of the game. Yeah. Here, so, here's the solution. It'll be here's interesting here's to see if coaches make uh, defensive changes the closer they get to that bonus. You know, do you, mm-hmm. do, you do you get out of man and go, go to zone? zone. Yeah, or, or you know things like that, just to you know keep them out of that bonus for the last two minutes of that quarter. I agree. Oh, it's gonna be fun to watch. It's all good, right? Don't, don't overreact just yet, but Doug, you you're already got a solution for this. I got I got a solution to this. <laughs> Here, here's what you do: get rid of the team fouls, so you have you have no team fouls at all the whole game. So the last minute. This is kind of like the Elam ending where everybody at first is like that. You couldn't, couldn't figure it out, but now everybody loves it. So hear me out here. This is how this foul rule is going to work. You get rid of team fouls and the last minute of every quarter is one-on-one. So if you get a foul in the backcourt, front court, if it's a non-shooting foul, it's one-on-one under a minute of each quarter. So if you got a shooting foul, you're going to shoot two, but if you got a foul, a guard reaches, it's foul, it's you're just shooting a one-on-one, but it's only under a minute of each quarter. So now you eliminate all the five to one, eliminate the two shots, and it makes it so much more cleaner. The referees will referee and not have to worry about okay, we're in the bonus, or we're shooting two. Um, coaches won't be screaming at you, fans won't be screaming at you. And once it gets under a minute, boom, everybody in the gym will know, oh, we got a foul. Now we're shooting one-on-one. Boom. So solved. How do you do hack a shack then? How do you yeah. foul to get the ball back? What do you mean? That's if they want to foul you, then yeah, they can foul you. Yeah, but I'm saying like if there's two and a half minutes left and we want to put the big guy at the line so he misses a free throw and we can get a rebound. Well, you're gonna foul yeah, your what kids if, Yeah, what 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 if you have three minutes left and you just send a your bench in and just say foul? Just go ahead, foul. Waste twenty seconds, foul them again. Foul. Go for no it. No way. You you've you've had some crazy foul. ideas that I've been on board with. Not this. This this. You're rewarding fouling. I will no, say because you're going to foul your kids out. Well, no. Then you can put in kids that you don't care if they foul. Okay, you put in your put in your tenth, eleventh screener, tenth or eleventh kid. I'll I'll find the mismatch. We're going to the hoop. We're shooting two then. No, we're gonna it's follow you and then just take it out, out of bounds yeah. on the side. As soon as you and catch. Hope the refs don't foul don't on the catch. Well, follow your kids out then. They want to follow me, follow me. You're crazy. It, it would make it so you much can't recruit. You cannot part of the game is learning how to play without following. Listen to how many coaches talk about that. Like that that's mm-hmm. actually something you gotta work on is playing with this this just takes that completely out of it. And I get what you're saying, the individual but it's also a team part of the game to not follow as a team. And it's your job as a person to kind of monitor not only your individual fouls, but your team fouls. Well, I disagree. So this will it'll make it so much better. <laughs> oh, oh, it just get rid of the team Please get on Twitter, everybody, and tell Doug how crazy he is after you listen yeah. to this show. Let's All you have to do is tweet, hashtag Doug's crazy. <laughs> Let's get rid of the team score while we're at it, Doug. And who, whatever has the player who scores the most, they win. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you guys think I'm crazy, but it works. I do it in the summer, and it's awesome because yeah, you don't have in to the worry summer, about it. Would work. Well, what? Why? What do you mean? There is a lot less strategy that goes into basketball games in the summer. 
I agree. And this would just be more strategy. Under but, a minute, yeah. any foul well, under a minute. But shooting it's goals. strategy taking away from people who play good basketball. Hey, guys. Like I said, it'll probably never happen or it would never happen. Let's hope it'll never be, happen. I think it would be incredible. Two things. Uh, I am going to miss the, the, the one-on-one. Because, you know, sending a kid to the line in a one-on-one, the chance to make two, he misses a, a lot of pressure on that first free throw. With everything being two, there's takes that pressure off to get a point of possession. Uh, and number two, a great man named Jackie Moon once said, ELE, everybody love everybody. Come on, guys, let's quit fighting. <laughs> See, I guess that's the thing. The other night, when I thought of it, it was the other night in that Norwalk game, the Pella girls, towards the end of the game, they had to foul. And everything was two shots. I'm like, you have no shot here. They've eliminated the one-on-one. They've eliminated any any chance of that. And it's like, well, we're going to free throw line, free throw, free throw line, and they're shooting two shots every single time. Like this is this is awful. So bring back the one-on-one, and that's how so, you do it. That, I don't know, Doug. That's that would definitely uh, be a little bit of fruit basket upset. It's complete sidebar on this, but. How long does the men's college game hold out on their rules now that they're like the only ones that play halves, have one on ones, all the rules? They're the only ones. How long? Is it yeah. going to take another 10 years for them to go to quarters and go to bonus? And what do you think? Will it ever happen? I think they'll hold out. I think they'll, they're not going to conform. They'll just hold out. That, that's, I was talking to somebody about it on Friday too. And I, I just, I don't see them doing it. Larson, what do you think? You think they'll ever do it? Uh, I actually think it's a, there's a pretty good chance they move in that direction, especially just because you know NBA and everything is do everything's going that route. Um, I could see ten minute quarters, um, and then you have your under five timeout for TV timeout, and then you have your quarter just like uh, the a break women's game. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised at all if that that's the direction it heads. It would. Uh, I would, make- Tom. Though I get, I wish there was a way to incorporate all of this while still um, figuring out a little place for a one and one. Ah, Chris, I just told you how. Yeah, well, I not just that told way. you how you can do the one and one. I just no. told you how to do it. We are not. You you just don't. You just don't want the eight to two. Come on, stripes. This What's is very true. Is? We're playing the press and. They're in a zone. Why is it eight to two? Right. <laughs> every time, every time. Oh, that that's You're telling good. Me we've only fouled two times. They've only fouled two times. There's no way. Jeez, uh, they're sitting back in the zone, guy. They're, they're not fouling. <laughs> that's why. Tom, how deep is too deep? Is there is there a number beginning of the year here? You're trying to fight, figure out what you have, but um, fifteen I, guys too many. Uh, you know, it, to me, it, it's a little bit, it, it depends. If you have, especially in high school, in my opinion, if you've got a dude or two dudes, I don't know why you would ever take them off the court unless they're a little tired. So I, I you know, uh, it's not equal opportunity playing, even if you have, you know, if you're deep, uh, I mean, b- back when we played Chris in 09, uh, you know, I had guys like Brendan Kugels, that Brendan Kugel, Zach McCabe, and, but we had our second group was really good. Some of those guys never got into the game unless we were way up, which fortunately happened a little bit. But um, I think if you have, if, if it's even Steven, yeah, you can do some things and you can run guys in, run guys out. But I just think it's 
really hard to get into a flow, especially if you got some guys that really need to be on the court for you. Yep, 100% agree. Now, I always thought early in the season you'd try and give a few more people looks so that by the end of the season you're down to seven or eight um, or six if you have to, you know, by by the end of January. But um, early, I, I, I 100% am with Tom on your good players, you know, your two, maybe even sometimes three best players probably never need to leave the floor. But, like, I think you kind of rotate some of those other spots early just to, to make sure that you have the right one. And every year is, is different with that. I think it's one of the hardest things going on right now for coaches. Um, and I empathize with young coaches because we have so many kids. Doug and I talked about this Friday. We have so many kids who are doing training workouts, and their skill level is higher than I would say it's ever been, at least in the last 30 years I've been been part of Iowa basketball, that our high school skill level is really high. But it is, you know, you have guys that are maybe your ninth or tenth man that are, you know, paying big bucks to go play at one of these clubs, and, and on their age level they're good enough. And so it makes it, it just, it makes it tricky um, to try and get everyone an opportunity. That's funny. We've, I've had that conversation a couple of times this week too, as far as just the skill level and where these kids are at now from a, like you said, from a training to the amount of games and stuff that they've just played in is, is super high. The ability to go and make winning basketball plays is the thing that maybe we're right. still trying to figure out. Cause you don't have the, you don't have the, Hey, if you lose this pickup game, now you got to sit for four games type of deal where some of those guys might not have been a skill, but they figure out a way to make that winning play. And that's where I think, and I think we've talked about it on here before too. That's where the balance comes in between taking the skills and figuring out how to win and play the game and um, merging those two together to be able to be really successful. Sticking with that too, Larson. So in your rotations, you're going to sub out your best player, get that little break um, the last minute of the first quarter. But with Doug's new rule, you can't because maybe he'll get fouled and he'll get to go to the free throw line. <laughs> yeah, you got to have your five best free throw shooters in the last minute of each quarter. That's <laughs> a lot of strategy. A lot um, of strategy there. But I will tell you, I think it is also interesting. You bring that up. And this is what Doug and I were talking about because the one thing as specialization continues to happen is sometimes at a varsity level, that fourth, fifth, non-scoring, uh, you know, you have a couple guys who you want shooting most of your shots. You don't need everybody to be that, but you need some good athletic rebounders, defenders, and um, I don't know. I just think it's a, a really interesting point because I, I agree that our, our talent level is off the charts. I would say our, our basketball IQ is a little bit lower than it used to be. Sure. So um, how, do, how do we make those merge is the question. Yeah, it's tough getting in those opportunities and obviously learning from it. But uh, it's hard when you have some skill and you have some other players who've already figured out in front of you. It's hard to get that. Uh, it's hard to get that opportunity. So Doug, what I, I kind of alluded to it earlier. Obviously we have a, a lot of games, a lot of things going on. What, what does the world of officiating look like? What are our numbers getting a little bit better? Have we kind of kicked out of that, regress during the COVID times, what uh, what is the lay of the land with the officiating side of the game? Uh, that's actually a great question. I don't know exactly where we're at, if we're going up or we're going down. That'd be a good question for the association, actually. But I know that I'm seeing a lot of new guys 
that don't have a lot of game experience. So the four games I've watched, they'll have a veteran and then two newer guys. Um, and I think that's kind of the way they're going to build up these these other guys. So it does make the games a little bit rougher to watch. Um, but I think they're trying to get those veterans to train some of the other ones. So um, I, I think they're going in the right direction for sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It feels like it. I guess it doesn't feel like quite as dire of need as it was. But, yeah, I mean, if we can get some of those guys like hometown Ronnie to be able to mentor some of these guys, don't you think that would really kind of put put us in the right direction, Tom? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if, if, just, if, if he could mentor every young official, oh, my gosh, every hometown, every hometown coach would just love him. It would uh, change, change the game, that's for sure. So um, it's that part of the segment here where we move to Uncle Larson. All right, this is going to be a little bit of a therapy session for me, and uh, this might lead to, to some good questions uh, that people can chat about, you know. So Friday night was the last time I will have to go down to Pella in a, as a with a family member. Obviously, I'll still root on the Warriors, and hopefully I'll go down to Pella to watch some games, but with my daughter playing her senior year game, you know, it's been almost 30 years for every basketball game has been somebody in my family going down there. And let me tell you, it is, it's just, it's tough sledding when you go to Pella to play. But here's my problem, guys. Pella is such a beautiful city. Like me and my wife went downtown before because we wanted to stop by the little, uh, you know, pastry shop and uh, then got something at the meat market. And there's little horse and buggies walk driving around the square as Little snowflakes flutter, and they got these lights all lit up. And it's really hard to hate something that's so beautiful. So, Chris, um, Chris, Chris let me tell you the story of Adam and Eve. <laughs> don't be fooled. Don't. Okay? That apple, that apple, don't be fooled. Okay, don't be Thank fooled. Thank you. That's what I needed to hear because uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, I just sat there, and my wife is like, God, it is beautiful down here. So, I just, I, I want to know from other people what communities do you feel like that in that you're like you go there and you're like good gracious it's really nice but uh i i it makes me like beating them even more oh man i had the same feeling every time i drove into orange city iowa yeah it's like it's almost mesmerizing so what is it with the dutch then if we're talking about orange city and pella here that just doug doug you you need to answer that larson <laughs> I why, don't do, know. why do you hate why do you hate why do you hate the Dutch so much? I mean, it, you should have seen these horse and buggies. I mean, just <laughs> picturesque. I mean, it, it couldn't have gotten any nicer. Welcome to Paladise. It actually <laughs> Paladise. is. Paladise. There you go. I know, right? That uh, I like that question to our listeners, though. Think about where's a place that you... Or maybe you have a restaurant or a bar that you'd love visiting in that town before you go out to, to the game. Where so, where where do you hate that you actually kind of like it? Hate that you like right. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just gonna say for a future episode, uh, let me tell you the story about bets balls. I'm ready. I was just gonna leave. We're gonna leave it at that for a future show. Listeners, come back. Yeah, that's that's that, that, that's a tease, right? I'd say that's what we call a tease in the that's business, a right there. That's uh, that's an experienced podcasting move, right there, Tom. Yeah, experienced, <laughs> experienced. <laughs> it's not not his first episode, that's for sure. 
Oh, oh, I love it. Tommy, you got a shout out for us? What do you what do you got up that oh, way? It's so, like been too long. I'm so proud of this shout out. Okay, we're gonna go, we're gonna go back a few years. Healand basketball has a long history. The real history started in 1966 when they went to the state tournament. And uh the top player on that team was a guy named Ron Schultz. Ron went on and started the basketball program as a player at Briarcliff University here in Sioux City. And then Ron was an assistant coach through the Panamanian pipeline days. And I think he spent, besides coaching at Briarcliff, he coached in Sioux City for 50 years. Well, his son, Steve, played at Healand, went to the 93 state tournament. He's had other grandsons that had played. But uh, Friday night, the, I've been I've been wondering with Healand who that fifth starter was going to be. And I never thought it would be Ron's grandson, Brady, who's a senior this year, just because he's just never uh, – and he knows I feel this way. He never really showed the part. But this is all about staying with it and get your butt in the weight room and make yourself a player. And uh, Brady Schultz, last Friday against East High, the, the grandson of Ron Schultz, the, the godfather of healing basketball, stepped up, went five for five from the field, three for three from the arc, four or five from the free throw line, zero turnovers against East High in, uh, as point guard. And so, and it, to me, the, the shout-out is about for these kids out there, don't give up on it. Just get better. Just work on it. And you know what? If you stay with it, good things happen. Man. That's awesome. That was beautiful. Good yeah. for him. Good for him. That is that is absolutely wonderful. And like you said, a story of perseverance and find a way to make a difference. So good shout out. Way to start this year off, Tommy. I know. I set the bar high. You did. You got some work to do here moving <laughs> forward. So shout out the local Dairy Queen on the next episode. It's not going to cut it anymore. <laughs> no. and I'm trying to cut down on popcorn this year. Oh, man. Jeez, we might we might need Betts' popcorn ratings, too, up in uh, northwest Iowa. You might have to tell us where, where everything's at up there. All right, guys, before we can get out of here, I want to highlight each of you guys. Highlight a game for me this week that you're looking forward to. We kind of mentioned a few as we were going through, so hopefully you can either recycle one of those or tell us something new or different that you're looking forward to. What do you got? Uh, Larson, I'm going to start with you because you're at the top of my screen. What's your game of the week this week? Uh, I am really looking forward to Norwalk Winterset on Monday and then Norwalk Pella Christian. So obviously I've seen Norwalk a couple times, but um, I know that is one of the top 3A teams and one of the top 2A teams that I'm going to get to put my eyes on. And then a game I won't be at, but just uh, I think is a good one to highlight is the Waukee rivalry. Uh, Waukee Northwest and Waukee High get, get together on Tuesday night. Good, good, good. That'll be a good one. Doug, what do you got? What are you highlighting? What do you got for game of the week? Yeah, we don't have a game on Friday. Um, so I'm actually going to go over to North Mahaska. They have a rivalry with Linville Sully. Good 1A, 1A battle. Uh, so Linville Sully plays North Mahaska on Friday. So I'll be over there uh, along with uh, Pella has Washington on Tuesday. And they go down to Fort Madison um, on Saturday. So a two-hour trip down south. So, um, a bunch of games this week. Good deal. Ta Tommy, what do you got? Uh, I mentioned earlier, I think MOC Central Line Tuesday night. Uh, last year, two of uh, MOC's three losses on the season were to Central Lion, who ended up winning 2A. And they both got solid teams back. So, that's going to be a, a dogfight. 
Good deal. Look forward to that. Adam, what do you got for your game of the week? Yeah, um, looking forward to uh, AP against Hudson. I believe it's on Friday. Uh, mentioned AP, Appleton Parkersburg um, earlier in the show, but uh, Hudson's got a good little team. They got a kid that's averaging, I believe, 21. Um, Aaron Thomas's son, Gavin's averaging about 20, so they'll be going head-to-head. And just overall, got a couple good teams that are going on uh, against each other in the NSEL. Yeah, that Hudson team, I think, is going to be really good. Yeah. Um, I talked with, uh, I think Adam Sanchez is who I was talking with about them. It has a lot of those guys in the 2-1-12 program over there, and those guys should be fun. It should be interesting to see what, uh, had a good year last year, but it felt like maybe they were a year away, so this could be yeah. could be their year. So that's a good one to keep an eye on. I'm going to, as I usually do, I'm going to obviously highlight some on the girls' side. Tom, two games I want you to pay attention for me up there. I think you already mentioned one, but Lamar, Southeast, uh, Sioux City East. They yep. play on Tuesday. Keep an eye on that one. And then Boyden Hall and Unity Christian, I think, also play on Tuesday. Yes. That should be a good one as well. So kind of keep a little bit of an eye on that one for me. On the eastern side of the state, Mount Vernon and Benton will play each other on the girls' side on Tuesday. That'll be a good game. Pleasant Valley will play Daven- Davenport North. Uh, who Davenport North has got a good little squad, so that would be a good matchup. And then Waterloo West and Cedar Rapids Prairie will play over there as well. Big Big slate of games for the girls on Tuesday. Also on Tuesday, which is then my game of the week that I mentioned, is that Johnston-Dowling girls game. Uh, Dowling it seems to, in the past, always kind of have the number for the Dragons. And so, luckily, the Dragons get them at home here in this first matchup. And so, hopefully, uh, can uh, take care of business with that show. And should be a lot of fun on the girls' side. Be anxious to see if they can get the Maroons, as they should, give the dragons a run um, and see how things shake out on that. And so looking, looking forward to that should be a lot of fun. Again, the biggest takeaways don't overreact before Christmas, right? Take it easy. Just relax. Take a deep breath. Maybe there's no such thing as too deep in before Christmas. I don't know. Tommy, we didn't know if we totally answered that or not. I don't think um, we did. And get rid of team fouls, I guess, is the other big takeaway here tonight. <laughs> let's, let's just stop. Let's, let's just change the game. Just change the game. So we're turn, here for Turn the damn scoreboard off while we're at it. I mean, what do we need to <laughs> keep track and of we anything? Could just do like boxing and we could vote, have three judges, <laughs> and who played a more beautiful game? Just ask come, on, ask. come on now. You know this is a good idea. Just ask the that. crowd afterwards. Hey, who do you think won after you watch that? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. We're we're gonna go ahead and send a pick Just up the buzzer. They scored more points doesn't mean that they were the deserving winning team. It sounds a, like college football committee now. There's a buzzer <laughs> underneath your seat. Please make a selection on who you think won, <laughs> team A or team B. Right. Oh, all right, guys. That's uh, episode one, new season. We're excited. Can't wait to get going and see what happens. As always, shoot or shoot.